Welcome, everyone, to the Justin the Food Entrepreneur Show. I'm Justin Bizarro. I'm your host. That's B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O. We're back again with Deep Sea Vegan for part two. Before we get started, I just want to thank everyone for listening in. Thank you, everyone, for sharing the podcast. Thank you, everyone, for spreading the love, giving us five stars. Helps the episodes, giving us comments and reviews. It helps the episodes get out there. It helps us get into the 140 plus countries we are in right now in a world that has less than 200 countries. Thank you. I appreciate all of you guys. It's all because of you. Pat yourself on the back. Give yourself a hug. You are spreading good in the world. That's what this podcast does. It helps entrepreneurs all over the world. In free and non-free countries, every one of them have food entrepreneurs, like I always keep reiterating right now. We are helping the food world. We are helping humans realize that food entrepreneurs are important. It helps fight corporations that are only after profit for their business. I am not calling profit bad. Profit is good. However, we need to be doing the right thing also altruistically while we are profiting for the human race as a whole, for all humans, for all creatures that God has created on this planet. It is important, and we need to be having good food sources. We need to be stop putting preservatives and artificial things in our food and into our bodies and think they are good for us and good for our future, that they are good for the animals that surround us and the things that we eat. So with that being said, I'm going to jump right into it. Whole foods are the best thing for us, natural, locally sourced, whole foods that we cook from scratch. So with that being said, we're just going to jump right into part two with Kendall Duffy from Deep Sea Vegan out of Nashville, Tennessee. He's got education in food. He's got experience in food and in business. He's also in the film industry and distribution and marketing and advertising. And he's got exposure to the world because he's dove. He's a certified diver rescuer, guys. Or certified rescue diver. Sorry. And he's exposed himself to the world by diving all over the world okay so what am i talking about he's got education and food he's got experience at being an entrepreneur and he's got exposure to the entire world around him that's very important those are three keys to leadership and being a good human and being a great entrepreneur they're the basis, the three E's I call them, the very beginning of just being great. That doesn't there's a lot more to be excellent, there's a lot more to be magnificent. But this is the beginning and he has all of them and he's excelling at all of them. So let's dive right into it. Here we go. And and, and then back to your, your observation about processed foods, which I think is so great. So one of the things I was very intentional about was because I you know Overlooking, you know, over the time with traveling and, and, and over just me observing and looking at restaurants, vegan restaurants, one thing I saw that was so common was, you know, a lot of meat substitutes were processed, like, you know, tofu and tempeh and, and, and you know, uh, soy based. And I'm not knocking that, right? But I wanted to be very intentional, extremely intentional about standing out, like my mom always said. Learn how to cook, you always have a job. And if you do it really well, you'll stand out amongst your peers. 
So I said, let me let me stand out. So I wanted to exclusively use, which I do to this day, plants, flowers, and vegetables to make comfort foods. And now while it's a little time consuming, the reward is all the reviews, all the smiles. I mean, we've been featured in Forbes magazine, tons of local magazines, uh, local TV shows, and, and uh, you know, the, um, the Just in the Food Entrepreneurs podcast. I mean, all these great avenues. Um, and so even though the time is, is very uh, labor intensive because I make things from scratch, like our crab cakes are made from artichokes and chickpeas. Um, our, um, our, our calamari is made from leeks, which I have to cut up and hand wash. Um, our, uh, our fish sandwich, right, which is our biggest seller, is uh, made from heart of palm, which is the core of the palm tree, you know, and seasoned with uh, sea kelp to give it that ocean flavor and so forth and so on, you know. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a labor of love, but we stand out in a very, very unusual um, and celebratory way amongst our uh, consumers and our peers. It's incredible because I... Um... I think there is this huge growing, what do I would call sub industry within the restaurant game and in the food game for whole foods in general, but also particularly in vegan food, because again, once everyone goes vegan or vegetarian, they try to shortcut it with processed foods, no different than anyone else does with their diet. You know, a chicken McNugget is yeah. a processed food. The chicken McNugget sure. is not, it was invented by McDonald's in the early eighties. Okay. So we just have to understand as humans, we're tr we try to take shortcuts, whether it's medication, whether it's, you know, fast food, um, not, you know, I'm, if you, again, if you eat it, I'm not saying anything against it. I'm just trying to open your mind here again. And I will eat McDonald's here and there. Don't get me wrong. It's like my vice of all vices. Like there's nothing, no smoking, no drinking. <laughs> eating good food all the time. I exercise twice a day. I'm, I'm really healthy, but I have a weak spot for McDonald's. French fry was my first word, just so everyone knows. And, um, <laughs> but I, I've gotten better at um, not putting or knowing how to look at menus and see what's actually the healthiest thing on the menu and then eating some of the things like that. So um, not saying that McDonald's is the healthiest option. The problem with McDonald's is it does it lacks a lot of nutrients, vitamins, and minerals that you would get in diversifying your food in a normal from scratch cooking or eating whole foods or making whole foods into something else. And therefore, you're still hungry afterwards or you're hungry in like an hour or so because it lacks the things that you need to sustain your body. That's why, right. you know, we talk about obesity or starvation and a lot of the time, there's a lot of food being pumped into hungry places, and there's a lot of food being eaten by first world countries that have obesity problems. And the reality is, is both suffer from the same thing. They're eating a lot of food that lacks nutritional density. So that's right. This is what's important, and why I like what you're doing, and I think it's so important as a chef. And I'm eventually. I'm also going to connect you with Abdul. He's been on this podcast. He's with Vegan Kings, is his company at New York City. You guys are so similar in the way you looked at this medical issue as chefs. Then you know now he's in the vegan space. Also, he does at home delivery meals, 
and um, but you guys have a similar story, so I'm definitely going to connect you because I like networking people and and connecting people with similar mindsets and stories and sure. helping them sure. grow industries because I think what the vegan industry needs, and I'll call it an industry, um, and the vegan community needs is individuals that are out there producing real food, you know, not right. processed food, not a not a quick fix, not a a vegan Cheeto. Okay, that's great. And so you don't eat normal Cheetos, but it's still processed food. So um, I don't care which side you're on, animal lover, eater, vegan, like you're still eating processed foods, which ultimately, in principle, are causing the most harm to us also. So I and that's one of the reason I love doing these episodes. um, In particular is because it opens the world to what's going on. And when I've looked at your skills, and I looked at what you're doing online, I'm like, holy crap, this guy's really got, he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. He's not just opening up a shot to serve, you know, impossible burgers. Okay, for lack of a better term. Absolutely not. And believe me, being in some of that game and doing some of that work for a lot of these companies when I was co-packing and we were in the restaurant businesses and uh, the hospitals, that stuff doesn't make the patients better. Neither does processed foods on an animal side. So like you're in the hospitals, you're trying to get people out of there. You've got to serve them food to get them out of the hospital to make their life better. I know everyone thinks it's medicine and the doctors, but at the end of the day, everyone's like, oh, you're eating again normally. Then you can go out. I wonder why that is, but they spend the less amount of money on food in the hospitals. Okay. So talk to me about how you guys got to this point about opening a restaurant. What happened that sparked this? Hey, family, twin brother, sister, Let's get in the food game and open a restaurant. Well, so it's a great question. Um, so again, with the journey of, of you know how it all started with, with my mom being a chef, um, and then you know the little short-lived cookie business, um, and then you know because of the health scare, learning how to make vegan food, uh, and through people, family, and friends being so blown away with it that I was like, you know what, maybe I should move into a, another business but we were so busy with our other industry uh entertainment industry work i didn't know how i could do it but <clears throat> what happened was uh i was at a, a a conference with my my sister michelle and my twin brother clyde kelvis clyde uh kelvis is the first name clyde is the middle name we, we call them both kelvis or clyde so um we were at this conference and my sister michelle and i were on a panel in particular um, it was a gospel industry uh, event called the Stellar Awards, Stellar Music Awards. And the panel was, this was in 20, uh, eight, 2019, I'm sorry, 2019, the spring of 2019. And the panel was designed for music industry executives to talk about the changing climate within the music industry in terms of um, how uh, people in the, in the industry, whether you're an artist or on the uh, business side, as an executive or whatever, have to diversify to create other streams of income just because of how the industry has changed so much, right? So I'm on this panel with a lot of distinguished uh, panelists, including uh, Rodney Jerkins, who is a very well multi-platinum selling producer who produced one of Michael Jackson's last hits um, before he passed away, which was um, You Rock My World. Um, I mean, some really notable people on the panel. And so I'm sitting there, everyone's kind of weighing in, 
So when it gets to me, I had been telling my brother and sister about the idea anyway. I started telling people, I said, you know, uh, as we think about diversifying, whether you're an artist or an executive uh, such as myself, um, one of the things I think people sometimes overlook are the things that we just love to do and can just do naturally that we don't always think of as a, uh, a, a stream of revenue. And I said, so as an example, you know, you may be someone that um, it's just handy with fixing things. You can walk on the house and look at a, a broken cupboard and just, you know, measure a certain, a certain piece of wood and go out to the garage and cut it and fix it where a guy like me, I couldn't do it in, in 20 hours, what you can do in, in 10 minutes, because I just, my mind doesn't think that way. Or maybe you can go out and look at, open up a hood of a car, so well, this is why your car is rattling, because this and that and the other. Whereas to me, I can open your hood and say, I don't know what to tell you. It's rattling, but I don't know why, right? So, but I can go in the kitchen and open up your cupboard and look at seven or eight things, and I, you know, I can make a pancake out of this. What do you mean? Because that's how my brain works, right? One of the ways it works. So, so for me, I have an idea of starting a vegan restaurant, and I'm literally talking this whole thing out, like on the panel, uh, as I'm as I'm trying to encourage people how to diversify. Right, I'm talking out my own vision. It was the weirdest thing in the world, and so when I finished kind of talking about it, you know, uh, which people were, were were seemingly very curious. My sister was like, "You just really spoke out what you've been trying to say for the last few months." I was like, yeah, I know. And so I literally left that conference and I went and registered Deep Sea Vegan on Instagram. This was in 20, in like probably March of 2019. And to this day, when I go back to that post, uh, I have two likes on that post. And it, it literally just said, Deep Sea Vegan, coming soon, a place to discover um, unique vegan cuisine. And I think my sister liked it and my brother liked it. And that's it. <laughs> it's so funny. But... I did that. I, I established the, the website. Just getting all, all the particulars out of the way, right? You know, got, got, and so then I started thinking. I said, you know, I want to combine this whole this whole concept and and uh, you know the scuba diving and so you know deep sea vegan was 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 a, the name I came up with and basically I, I don't really know what to do, um, but my first thought was you know see if I can go meet with the restaurant, an existing vegan restaurant, and and barter some time when they're closed to use their facility uh, to do a pop-up because they've, they've already got a kitchen. They're already vegan, so I'm not going to bring in anything that's, that's not, you know, safe for them to have in their kitchens. And so um, I, I literally tried to go into places that I would frequent, um, you know, vegan restaurants here in Nashville, um, came across a couple people that were like, you know, a hard, quick no, and uh, came across this one place called the Beehive, uh, owned by a guy named Ben Stick, Ben Sticks, and um, he was interested. He, he said, first of all, the fact that you come here and ask me that kind of fascinates me because that's just a, a weird question. Can I borrow your restaurant to do a pop up? Because I just love the fact that you have the the you know the you know just the guts to come here and ask me. Um, so he said, I want to try your food first of all. Uh, first of all, so I set up a meeting about a week later. Uh, went into his office and let him taste my, my fish sandwich. And uh, I have a video of this whole, this whole meeting with, with, with him filming me talking to him about my idea and making the fish sandwich. I had that video because it's going to be epic one day. And so um, I make the fish sandwich. He tastes the fish sandwich. He's like, dude, you're kidding me. Like, this is insane. He said, you know, he's like, yeah, I'll do it. 
And so we picked a time a, few, a month or two later out, out from that meeting date. And uh, because I work in the industry, I know how to market and promote. I set myself up with Talk of the Town, local TV show to, to blow it up and, you know, have worked with so many celebrities. I have some celebrity friends that I sent some food to to get some endorsement, quick videos and just work my little magic. You know, what we do, we work in entertainment. So we, we worked our magic, got some little, little hype going and um, set our date. And um, uh, they closed on that Saturday at like 1 p.m. And then at 6 p.m. they reopened as Deep Sea Vegan from 6 to 10 p.m. or whatever it was. And we had a line around the door the entire four hours we were open. Uh, it was literally insane. I mean, literally insane. Sold out of food. And that was the start of the hype of Deep Sea Vegan. And so now all of a sudden I'm like, hey, what, what do I do next, right? So we started just finding little kitchens to use. Um, and this is all while we're still working our, our main, you know, uh, jobs as entrepreneurs with Deep Entertainment Group, you know, marketing, um, music, and primarily movies now. We, we market movies and, and television shows. And so then all of a sudden the thing called, called COVID happened in 2020, a year later. And all of a sudden, the whole world stops, right? And so for some, and even for us, it, it was, you know, a, a hard time. But I also looked at it as an opportunity because I had so much time on my hands. And so I was like, you know what? Now I can really think about how to make this thing really work, this deep sea vegan idea. And so I told my brother, Sugar, said, hey, like, you know, I, I want to, like, really do this for real, for real. Like, are, are, you know, are you all with me? And I was like, yeah, you know, let, let's see what you got going on. So um, basically during COVID, we started doing these things called pickup pop-ups where we would do these no contact pickups. So I would make food in my house. We had a, a very limited menu and, um, and we would go up to this Kroger parking lot and three times a day on the weekends and just drop off food. We would roll down the window, hold up someone's name and they see their name to come pick it up. And it was literally a, a no contact pickup drop off thing. Did that for a couple of months, um, probably March and April of COVID year. And then, um, Start thinking maybe we'll do a food truck. I don't know. So I started looking around for that. And then so while looking for a food truck, I came across this ad um, for this commercial kitchen in Nashville at a place called Hunter Station, which is a food court. I never heard of them, but the bottom level of the food court is a commercial kitchen. They're like, you know, we, we're running our commercial kitchen. If you're an aspiring, uh, you know, food entrepreneur, restaurant business person looking to expand. So I went over there, had a meeting. And I was like, you know, the bottom level is a huge commercial kitchen. The upstairs is a food court with existing restaurants up there, but a lot of space. So they said, you know what, maybe we can like, you know, have you cook your food down here. People can eat it upstairs. I said, you know, it's a good idea. So did a lease with them in um, in May of or June of 2020, right in the summer of COVID, and did a grand opening um, and started doing weekly pop-ups. And we've been there ever since. It's been three years. Uh, we're, uh, we eventually went to bi-weekly because of our other business, and we just bought our first building um, several months ago, which we're gutting out now. We, we, we bought an existing hair salon, which will be brick and mortar number one of many. I have major, major, big, big plans, Justin, for retail um, options with some of our stuff in stores with having vegan, having Deep Sea Vegan as the premier gourmet vegan fast food restaurant in the country. And I'm speaking that because I believe that you have to speak things into existence. And I believe firmly it's going to happen. I'm going to make it happen. Nothing's going to stop me. Nothing or no one's going to stop me from doing this. It's going to happen. 
And I believe we're going to be in airports. I believe we're going to be everywhere. And I believe we're going to shift the industry. Um, the vegan industry is by far the fastest growing sector within the food industry. It's a multi-billion dollar industry that is literally growing up. The rate of the growth is absolutely astonishing. I, I put together a business plan, a couple of different business plans where I had to get a lot of research and the numbers are staggering. Every time I go into a grocery store, literally, I see something new that a that a, a, a major brand has launched a version of, uh, of, of their whatever it is, if, if it's a milk or if it's a cereal, if it's a whatever, that they've now launched a vegan version of that. Um, an ice cream, a, uh, uh, I mean, you name it. I mean, I can't even tell you. I mean, uh, a sausage, a, a bacon, uh, uh, whatever. I mean, and, uh, you know, when you look at even the, the corporate side of fast food, you mentioned McDonald's as an example. Well, in my research for our business plan, I targeted um, uh, Burger King. And the CEO of Burger King mentioned in a statement, which I have in our, in our plan, that when they launched the Impossible Whopper, which I believe was fourth quarter of twenty uh, of twenty nineteen, I think it was or eighteen, but the fourth quarter, a third quarter, I'm sorry, of that year when they launched it, it was their biggest quarter, and I believe it said seventeen years. Now, even though people like myself and, and you know that that's not really a vegan Whopper because it's got regular dairy-based cheese, regular dairy-based mayo, et cetera, on a regular dairy-based bun and all that stuff, bun made with eggs and, you know, but the fact that it was, it was made from a possible meat and, and it was, it was, it was marketed as a vegan Whopper and non-vegans bought it. And it was Burger King's biggest quarter in 17 years shows you that the vegan food industry is for real, okay? Last year, we went to the Plant-Based Food World Expo in New York City um, just to gain exposure and make some relationships and learn even so much more about the growth of this industry, Justin. And so I'm so excited. The way that it all came together is just unique within itself. But now that we've got a foothold in this thing, we plan to make major noise, major noise in this industry. I love this. Um, this is incredible. I'm going to touch upon this in a second, but at first I'm also going to let the audience know if you, uh, my phone ringtone is Heal the World by Michael Jackson. Speaking of which, um, I'm going to tie this all together. So I normally have my phone silenced. That's how we record the the guest into the show. We plug them into the soundboard here at the studio. And I have my phone on uh, Do Not Disturb. However, I did not know that if a person was starred or a priority on your list, the phone would still ring. So there might have been a very quick glitch there where you guys heard Heal the World as, as uh, Kendall was speaking, which I thought was almost <laughs> like divine intervention there because you're talking about yes. the impact on the planet. And... Um, and so I thought that was interesting. Um, so I apologize about that. I now understand that if it's part of the uh, part of your favorites list, that they still ring through. So, um, but it is heal the world. I'm going to touch upon this because I'm like, huh, that was interesting. I've never had that happen before. And mm. 
and it was very briefly, so I apologize to everyone, but I don't want to, I'm not going to go back and cut it because I don't want to interrupt what Kendall was saying during that moment. And it was very brief, so you will hear it. But this is what's going to happen. Okay, you're healing the humans. That's your goal here. You're healing the planet along with it because you're preserving these plants. You talked about 80,000 plants. If we don't eat them and we don't preserve them, there's the possibility that they go extinct. Okay, and if we look at human history, we extinct things we don't use for human benefit. It's just as part of the, the way we do things. We we expand, we grow. If it's not important to us, it it goes to the wayside. That's just generally the way human history is. Sorry, everyone, but you look at anything from animals and plants in Africa to animals and plants in South America to animals and plants in Asia, and the ones that we don't necessarily have a use for, or we don't eat. They go extinct. Okay. Yes, you're spot on, Justin. You're spot on. So you know, and and when if we really tie this to the oceans, it's the same thing. Either we overfish them, or we don't um, we don't realize their importance, and they go to the wayside and they they die. Okay, they eventually don't come back. And so that's why I like what the what your mission is. I think it's not only the the vegan concept but it's also the tie to what you do with uh diving and it's also the tie to your understanding of the earth by having this cholesterol problem you got more in touch with being a chef in the world and diversity of the world i think that also being a diver, you can appreciate the world and see the world from a different perspective than most people can. Okay. And that's not saying this is bad or good or other people are, are different. I'm just saying it's your superpower. And from that standpoint, you're delivering food that is exceptional. And I think a lot of people think vegan food as tastes bad or has a certain context or it doesn't taste as good as meat. It does taste as good, sometimes better. And well, it depends well, on the let, chef. Let me Go interject ahead. something real quick because I saw a post recently. Someone said vegan food is gross. And I commented under that and I said, so is regular food if you can't cook. Yeah. It's a perspective. Yeah. If you can cook, anything is good. If you can't cook, anything is not good. It's one of the... Um... It's one of always the interesting things, and we talk about like hospital food being bad. It's a matter of how much money they spend on it and the institutions that are producing the food or what the hospital's standard of quality of food or how much they spend. So I'll mm -hmm. give everyone an idea. Most hospitals spend somewhere between $7.50 and $11.50 a meal in the hospital, okay? Mm -hmm. That's not a lot of money when you're talking about healing humans who are compromised, Okay. You're right. So when you're in the hospital and you're seeing your insurance company spend thousands of dollars a day, the very smallest line item is food. Mm. It's weirdly upside down. It's illogical. When we need that for substance, medicine does not shortcut our body's need to eat and gain nutrients naturally. Vitamins that you buy at the store are not the way to do it. Okay, our body is not meant to process vitamins and minerals and nutrients in those ways. 
And if you really want to get into it, yes, pharmaceuticals work. Yes, that stuff works in a lot of ways. But it also mm-hmm. causes a lot of problems because our bodies aren't used to gaining those immunities or those things in those ways. Okay, mm-hmm. Food has been the way humans have always done it. Exposure to things has been the way we've done it. And so there's That's no right. real hack. You can't hack the human body. We keep trying to, you know, Mm -hmm. we keep having, you know, for example, Bill Gates create bugs that supposedly are going to circumvent things. It doesn't work. That's right. We try to do that with bees and we ended up with killer bees and they don't pollinate shit. Okay. Literally, we try to make super pollinator bees and they turn out to be killer bees. Okay. So we, the thing is, is, all the stuff we need is out there if we stop thinking myoptically, okay? We start thinking holistically and altruistically in the way the world was designed, the creatures, the plants, whatever. It's meant there's diversity and there's many, many, many of them for a reason. And there's many, 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 many of them that we can eat for a reason. That's right. And... This is important because just like we're talking about on this episode, it's awareness. It's understanding that there's bad food everywhere. It doesn't matter if it's vegan or seafood or animals. It all depends on one, where is it being sourced from, okay? Because that has to do with the quality of the food. Two, how is it being prepared and who's taking care of it? And three, are they following food safety and foodborne illness rules? Okay, because that all has to do with the quality of it. And that matters more than we know. The average human on the planet has no idea what's going on in the food world or the food industry. I would say clueless would be the, the word. And yet we eat three meals a day and probably snack at least twice a day. Okay. Yep. So you're getting four equi- the equivalent of four meals a day when we have no understanding what that is, yet it's something we do more than anything else in our lifetime. Yep. You know, maybe other than play on our cell phones right now. I guess that's taken over. <laughs> yeah. But No, you're right. I mean, so, Kendall, where are – I mean, we talked a little bit of where you're hoping this go, but let's ask the question, where do you want – this to go well you know for me justin uh, you know i i put myself in the shoes of people that just have a desire to have options uh things that are that are really necessary um that are just hard to find and so i want to fill that void and it's necessary to have sustainable whole foods restaurants that sell sustainable whole foods that taste amazing. So that's important. No one wants to eat food that's good for you that just tastes bad. No one wants that. And so um, our mission statement is extremely delicious plant-based food. It's very intentional. And so what my goal is is to fill that void. I want to have access in airports. Not want to have. Let me, let me go back. I'm going to have access in airports. I'm going to have access to people in major cities across this country and then also internationally. I love it. Um, this is an incredible, and um, I 
really appreciate you coming on the show and you have the mic is there like I didn't even get through all the questions but what inspires you on a daily basis like how do you keep going what keeps you going and I guess that ties in the question like who were your mentors who inspired you growing up who were people that you looked up to well what inspires me is, is life in general I think the more that I've lived this life, um, I have just learned that you have to continue to have faith and push forward. I think a part of, I heard someone say this recently, I can't remember who it was, but you know, if we knew how we were going to get to the finish line, we would never develop the faith it takes to actually get there. We would never have the resilience that it takes to get there. And so a part of what inspires me is overcoming things and then looking back and saying, wow, I never thought I'd get to this level. I never thought that would happen because that's a part of what gets you stronger to look towards the next hurdle and to overcome that. And so for me, it's an ever evolving thing that always inspires me. The things that I have achieved and things that people around me are achieving, that's what continues to inspire me. Love it. And how about the humans that inspired you? Was there your mom or someone that really drove in, like that you looked up to growing up? Maybe it was musicians. Like who are these people in your life that you sort of idolized, looked up to? So it was 100% starting with my mother, um, just such a woman of faith. And to be, uh, to be a, a woman in a situation that she was in, um, with with young kids and have the type to have a type of of faith, resilience, and joy that she had to this very day, although she's passed away, still amazes me. And if if that doesn't inspire you to see a woman who is literally without a place to live with three kids and still finding a way to smile and sing, there's something inside of a person like that that you can draw from. And so for me, that's where it all started. Uh, There were people that I've never met, um, such as Michael Jackson, uh, who was a huge inspiration to me, and Quincy Jones. Um, There are a few people that I have met, like Tim Duncan from the San Antonio Spurs, who has always inspired me, his, his work ethic, his ability to do things at a different level and to not seek fame and attention, but to do it quietly and humbly. I've always been impressed by people who are, who are very humble and humility is, is very overlooked. Um, but he's someone that I just really aspire to. Uh, I look at his greatness and again, his, his humility and soft-spoken mannerism. I love that in people. Um, so, and then my sister, Michelle, actually, um, who continues to amaze me as a person, uh, as a woman, as a black woman, who has achieved so much uh, and has so much more to to achieve in this life. Uh, and we have such great, great uh, goals and visions for what we're doing. Um, but those are just a few people that I would mention, um, starting with my mother. I love it. Um, what do you like the most about being an entrepreneur right now? What do you like the most about being in your own food business again? Well, I think for me, it, it's, 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 it's as simple as this, Justin. Um, as an entrepreneur, 
you have zero limits. There's no cap. There's no sky. Um, people, and this is not a knock on anyone, but people that work for corporations or for companies, there's a limit. There's a cap. There's a ceiling. And so for me, what I, what I mean is that there's only so much you can do. You're set to a certain, you know, pay grade, whatever that may be. You have a certain conditional parameter with, with, with which within you work. And for me as an entrepreneur, it's all about freedom. It's all about liberty. It's all about creating your own destiny. It's about the challenge of, of how do you make this happen? And to me, that challenge is what makes you better because every time you overcome something, you realize that you can do even greater than what that challenge was. And so it it's almost like if you, I look at people like Michael Jordan, you know, you win that first championship, as hard as that was, those seven years getting there with Michael Jordan, but now all of a sudden, okay, seven, eight years of just something I thought maybe would never happen, it finally happened. Well, now I can look at, at maybe winning two and three and, and eventually six. So this, this, it's the same principle for me. Every time you overcome something that you thought maybe you couldn't do, then you feel like, okay, now I can do, I can win a second championship and a third and a fourth. I might get six championships here. I might, who knows? So it's that same principle to me. Uh, and so I just love that. I love that the fact that the sky is, actually the sky is not the limit. The sky is just the opportunity because there's, there's no limit. The sky is the opportunity. It's, it's endless. This is, um, this is awesome. Um, I love this. And like, let's talk about a little bit, and this will be my last question, is the relationship between you and your siblings in running a business. Like, who's responsible for what? How did you guys determine those roles? Because I think a lot of people get into family businesses or start family businesses. So I think how this works, I think this could be hugely educational to the audience, particularly because all of you are so close. Like, how do you break up your days? How do you determine who does what? And sort of how do you deal with disagreements or different ideas and stuff like that? Sure. It's a great question, Justin. Um, I think that a lot of things that, that are structured within companies oftentimes are things that are organic. And, and what I mean is that uh, I just believe that you have to allow people to operate where their skill set is. Um, I'm also a huge basketball fan, as I just alluded to. And so I've always said, you know, um, while it's important for everyone to go for a rebound, you want to get your best rebounders close to the rim. doesn't mean that maybe the guy that's only six foot tall or 5'11 can't be in there fighting for the rebound. But I just believe that you want to put people in positions that they where they flourish naturally. OK, and so. Um, that just to me is 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 how you operate, right? Uh, in in terms of operating in excellence, and so in doing that, um, within our structure, um, with me kind of launching this whole vision and having the idea, um, of course, creating all the recipes. Uh, naturally, I'm going to always lead the charge on what our menu is. I'm going to continue to develop menu items. I'm going to continue to lead uh, how we prep. Uh, the prep time because I know how much time it takes because I I started this I know how long it takes me to make this and make that so I understand that in a way that my brother and sister wouldn't understand it uh, my brother's always been very very good with uh, logistical things with 
with uh, numbers. And so he'll work on um, scheduling our, our staff. Right now we have a very small staff because we operate as a pop-up, but he'll make sure that he works on putting our staffing together. He'll also make sure he uh, takes account of their hours when we're prepping and when we're working on those days. Uh, he'll handle the payroll. Uh, my sister, Michelle, handles the operational things with how we function with uh, moving forward with, with other things we're doing outside of our pop-ups, whether it be um, outside catering events, whether it be um, additional equipment that we may need to, to look at for things we're doing moving forward. Um, she'll also uh, help out with some of the, because she's also an excellent cook, some of the things that I'm doing with uh, some of the recipes with how to quantify our recipe. Like she was very helpful uh, in particular with me learning how to um, put my recipes in in place and write them down because I've always done things by scratch. And so sometimes I'll get in the kitchen and I'm just like whipping up. But so now that we are operational in this uh, regularity of being a pop-up, we have to have our recipes written down and in a standard measuring quantity so that if someone else is coming into prep, I can just put a recipe up and, and if, if they understand how to cook, it's written down. So she was very helpful with encouraging me to and, and you know to put that together so i had to literally because i cooked from scratch i literally would take measuring cups and measuring spoons close my eyes and kind of pour into those measuring spoons what i normally do just from from feel from feel and just understanding and then look and say oh that's a teaspoon and a half write that down okay get get my my, my flour or get my sugar just kind of close my eyes and pour 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 with a cup down there and then, okay, oh, that was two, that was two cups, okay, and, you know, and then write that down. So, so, so now I have everything structured. Every recipe that we have is structured, so anyone can do it because at some point it's going to be mass produced. So she was very, very instrumental in helping me to think through that process because I didn't really think through that. So again, I just believe that people operate where they operate naturally, and so people have certain gifts and skills. And so I've always been a very creative person, whether it's musically or whether it's creating recipes and doing things naturally like that. It's a, it's a, it's a talent I have that that's where I operate. My brother operates where he operates and, 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 my, and my sister where she operates. But then collectively, we come together and we always enhance each other's uh, skills. And we also speak into each other's areas to make sure that at the end of the day, the overall goal is met. This is incredible, and uh, I'm just, uh, what you have, and I agree, God had a plan for you guys. There's no doubt in my mind and, and where you are and what you're doing and what you're going to do and impact the world because you're only at the beginning of this. You know, oh, 100%. Deep Sea Vegan is only at the beginning, and the impact that you guys are going to make I think is going to be phenomenal, particularly down in Nashville and particularly – across the United States and maybe even influence the world because this information, this knowledge, this understanding of vegan food is so needed uh, because I think a lot of people become vegan and then shortcut it. I don't think they understand the diversity of the food that's out there, the way that we can cook food and bring it together and create you know, meals that aren't processed or aren't plant-based proteins or things like that that you know, have a lot of things that go on there. And, um, and sure. I say plant-based proteins in that the way that it's processed, not proteins that are created from scratch. So just 
sure a differentiator there for the audience uh no i get it yeah and one of the things that um i said it was going to be my last question but i just want to ask it again what do you enjoy or i'm going to ask it another question just really quickly what do you enjoy most about being a chef well justin i think the way that i answer that is the way people respond to the food that God has gifted me to create from scratch brings me an overwhelming amount of joy. Um, I used to, we used to see our mother get the same type of responses and the joy she would get from people just loving her food is the same joy that I get. I mean, sometimes we hear people come up and we do tons of video testimonials on our on our Instagram page and our, our, our Deep Sea Vegan uh, Facebook page where people are, uh, you know, uh, coming in every, every week to eat and their people say things like, you know, I have a dairy uh, allergy or I'm, I'm uh, lactose intolerant or whatever it is. And uh, it's been 20 years since I've had key lime pie and Finally, I can not only eat some key lime pie that's plant-based, but it is amazing. And that brings me so much joy. Or people say, you know, uh, I couldn't eat seafood for 10 years. I, I love calamari. I love, you know, fish, whatever. But for whatever reason, they couldn't eat it, health reasons or whatever. And they're like, this is the best fish sandwich, vegan or non-vegan, that I've ever had in my life. And so even though I spend so much time, even before we have our team prep with, with everyone else prepping these things, because it's all made from scratch. And and I know that in, in time, we're going to have some different processes and machines and, and things that will assist in the, in, in the process of making this uh, for mass production. But for now, we don't have that. So for now, it's pretty much, you know, 75% of what we're doing is really me, Kendall, you know, and so it's a lot of time. And so when I oftentimes, you know, my feet are sore, my back is sore. And, but when people are, are, are saying like, you know, my God, this, this fish sandwich and, 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 and we're selling out and, and, and then people are, are emailing, you know, wanting to know more about who we are and what we're doing. It tells me that we're doing something right and more importantly for the right reason. So my joy as a chef, is, is for those reasons alone, just to, to make people happy, to get people something that they just didn't think was possible. You know, non-processed plant-based food made from scratch that tastes amazing. That's my joy, Justin. Love it. I want to just leave the audience with this, and I, I try to do this every episode, but I don't do a great job of it always. But I try to leave the audience with something to go off with to to do whatever. I don't watch a lot of TV. I find TV, especially the news, to be just very trying to draw emotions. And I'm not a person to watch TV where I don't get something out of it and I don't grow. That doesn't mean I don't go watch movies here and there. I won't watch a TV show that I'm interested in, okay, every once in a while. So even if it doesn't mean anything. But it's rare for me. I try to be inspired by TV. I try to find real things to grow from and learn from. Or And I do like stories, don't get me wrong. And one of the reasons I'm working on the Futopia, the 
trying to get this TV show off the ground, however, if that ever happens or however it works, we're working really hard on it, is to tell the story of food around the world, the real story of the food entrepreneurs from the farm to the fork, however you want to take from the fields to the consumers. You know, so well, Justin, let me just stop you right there. You have to say it's going to happen. I'm just a firm believer. It's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. you. Thank you. It's going to happen. Uh, We are working on it. We are very close. So um, it's going to happen. But one of the things I appreciate that, Kendall, and uh, because my our words are our rudders, I agree with that. And. You know, the thing, I pick a lot of movies, and I go through movies, I'll watch them over and over again. Rocky, um, Unbroken, uh, 12 Years a Slave, things like that that truly inspire me about the human condition. Most of them are based on true stories. And mm-hmm. one of those things is, and I'm going to bring it up this time, it's a movie called Men of Honor. It's done in 2000. It's by Cu- it very well. Cuban Gooding Jr. It is well. in it. It's about the first African-American master diver and master chief the in the United very, States Navy. And I thought it was perfect to bring up during this episode uh, because one, you're a diver, and two, because of what you're doing in food, you're blazing a trail. You're doing something that not a lot of people have done before. And in the way that you're doing it, I would say is extremely rare. Okay? And you are taking steps that no one's ever done before in a world in the south where the diet down there is not great uh people don't care as much as about their health in the southern united states particularly the southeast and while we're getting better at it i feel there's a lot of similarities to your story and that story just from my perspective and the hardship that was there and uh the gentleman's name who's actually in the movie is carl maxi brashear that is, I know him very well. That that who did that uh, first again, master diver, and master chief of the United States uh, Navy, African American first, and so it's a big deal. It's a good movie. I watch it all the time because life is about hardship. Life is about mentors or coaching coaches or individuals that push us even harder. Okay, sometimes they're doing it on purpose. Sometimes they're just the fuel for the fire. Okay, it's in spite of them sometimes, and that's okay. Both work for us to get to where we're going, but as humans, we give up too easily. We settle for what's going on, and I think we we try to use our voices a lot where our actions are needed. Okay, so like just as a human, where when I get my voice up and I'm not putting the action behind it, I don't make as much change. I don't have as much impact. I don't have as much influence. And what I love about this story and your story, Kendall, is it's not only that you changed your diet to become, to fight cholesterol, but as a chef, you created your own food. And now you're not only talking about what you did, but your actions are behind it in creating Deep Sea Vegan, okay, to actually go make impact and go make influence um, on this world. And you have a, a big dream here. And I, I believe that your dream is going to spread. And I, I believe that your concept and the way you look at food and what you're doing on your menu is going to be huge. And so I know I keep saying it's the last question, but we never talked about your menu and the food on there. Is there anything that you want to add? I've taken a lot of your time today. I'm going to divide this episode into two parts for the audience so they get it in two pieces. 
But is there anything on the menu? We talked about the fish sandwich, which I know is your highlight item. Uh, once I told people you were going to be on the podcast, some people asked me if I've ever had it. I have not. When I'm back in Nashville next week, I'm going to come try it. Um, awesome. But talk to me about your menu. What are the highlights? And then we will bring this thing to an end. So um, we specialize in, in comfort food. But again, comfort food that's made from scratch and uh, not processed with a lot of, you know, uh, uh, you know, preservatives and, and everything is made like with simple ingredients that I, that I literally have created myself. Um, so uh, by far, our fish sandwich is our biggest seller. We cannot keep our fish sandwich um, on shelves. In fact, um, right before COVID, uh, or maybe it was during COVID, I don't, I don't remember when this was, 2019 or 2020, we were contacted by PETA, uh, People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, and they were doing a campaign in alignment with uh, Captain D's where they wanted to see if uh, local patrons could differentiate between plant-based fish and regular fish. And they contacted us to provide fish nugget samples, which I thought was so so awesome that they even heard about us like that. So we literally prepared 200 pieces of fish nuggets. They were delivered to about three or four different this is all this is all on, on documented on some uh, media sites if you google it uh PETA and and uh deep sea vegan and captain d's but they literally um passed out these samples of our fish nuggets and people did not know that it was uh, not regular fish um and that's what we get with our fish people literally cannot believe it looks smells tastes just like fish and, and i always say it's like a good Hood fish sandwich. It's got hot sauce, pickles. Uh, I, I do my own cornmeal batter, my own wet wet batter, all made from scratch, of course. Um, and then season that that uh, heart of palm in a very unique fashion and put it in a food processor. And it looks like like fish meat. It looks like fish flesh, but it's it's uh it's the the, the tropical palm tree um, that we're making a, a, a an amazing fish sandwich with from scratch. Um, with simple ingredients that people are literally blown away. That's our biggest item. Um, I'd say that um, uh, our uh, calamari is also a big seller, which is made from leeks. Um, we have a, a burger. Um, the burger is pea protein that we use from uh, Beyond Meat. Uh, it's the only it's the only product that we use with our meats. That but but I do take that product and I totally season it in a different way and process it and hand patty the burger with the cheese in the middle. It's, our, it's the only product that we use that's not uh, handmade, but we do season it from scratch. Like, like we don't make the actual meat. It's beyond meat that we use, um, beyond versus impossible, because it, it beyond doesn't have a lot of the uh, man-made uh, additions and, and, and ingredients in it. Um, and then we have desserts, primarily our cookies, which is going to be an entirely different business. Our cookies, our peanut butter. Well, first of all, let me say this: all of our menu items are themed after scuba diving, the beach, or the ocean. So we have the deep sea fish sandwich. We have the um, our other big item is our golden reef chantilly potatoes, which is a recipe that my mom invented that I veganized. It's a mashed potato dish that's cheesy and it's caramelized with a, a made from scratch uh, 
Cool Whip that I make from chilled coconut milk. And then I take that and I crystallize it with a, a made-from-scratch uh, Parmesan cheese made from nutritional yeast. And that's spread across potatoes and it's baked in the oven. And it makes a very cheesy, slightly sweet, just slightly cheesy glaze on top. And they are absolutely phenomenal. People come from miles for those potatoes. So the Golden Reef Chantilly potatoes, the deep sea fish sandwich, our peanut butter sand doodle cookie, which is a mix of our peanut butter and snickerdoodle, our captain's chocolate chip supreme cookie, which is our chocolate chip with pecan and granola. We have our butterscotch beach bite cookie, which is butterscotch and oatmeal. Then we have our uh, lime island key lime pie, which is probably our biggest dessert seller. We have Blue Lagoon, our Blueberry Cobbler. We have uh, Peach Nemo, our Peach Cobbler, which was a recipe that was uh, created by my sister, Michelle. We have our Oreo Ocean, which is another big seller, which is our Oreo Cookie Cheesecake. Um, just to name a few. Um, oh, and then I can't forget our Spanish Seashells, which are our tacos with a side of of made from scratch Spanish rice and a made from scratch hummus. Um, absolutely amazing, the Spanish seashells. Love it. Thank you, Kendo, for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Where can they find you guys online? So you can find us on social media at Deep C Vegan, D E E P S E A V E G A N. I'm the scuba diving chef, Deep C Vegan, on Instagram and Facebook. Or you can find us at deepcvegan.com. Awesome. And everyone in the audience, thank you guys for listening in. If you love Kendall's story, you appreciate what he's done, please give his episodes, two of them, because this will be broken into two parts. Uh, give them both you know, five stars. Give it a positive comment. Share it with other entrepreneurs or other people, please. Um, he comes. He came on the show. They volunteer their time, these entrepreneurs. They come on here. They tell their stories. They try to spread good, most of them, all of them, I would say, that are on here. And all of them have a certain mindset to give back what they've been given. That's why they come on the show. If anyone sees the way I invite everyone on, I'm very clear on this is, is something I'm giving back to the world for the gifts that I've been given. And I also set, let them know that that's what this show is about, is giving it to other entrepreneurs, giving it to other people, their story, their message. Um, obviously there's consumers that listen to this, not just food entrepreneurs, but a majority of this is the give back to help the world, to help people benefit from what we've been given as food entrepreneurs or the lessons that we've learned, I should say. So it's paying it forward, if you will, if anyone's ever heard that. And so I appreciate it, Kendall. So again, in the audience, share the podcast, share the episodes, give them good reviews. That's how they get the algorithms work straightforward with you guys. The more, the better the episodes do depends on the better the ratings and the more people that participate in the comments. So thank you guys always for doing all that across all the syndications. Thank you again uh, for all the entrepreneurs that have been on the show. Thank you, Kendall. I appreciate it. We're going to have to do another one. We may have to bring your family onto an episode and talk to all three of you guys. That would be kind of fun. Uh, to hear all of you that. guys do that. So I will set something up to do that because I just would love to hear uh, the business and life from their perspective as well. 
and hear their stories to get to where they were with you because all of you sort of aligned at the right time to to get deep sea vegan off the ground which i love you know serendipitous god's plan as we talk about and um everyone in the audience please continue to dm us if you want to be on the show and you're a restaurateur or you're a consumer packaged good whatever it is you're a beverage company you're a microbrewery whatever it is if you want to tell your story um you know, this is the place to do it. If you're wanting to help other entrepreneurs, if you're wanting to give back to the world, that's what this is about. So thank you guys always. And again, just DM us, you know, I'll continue to be on there at Justin, the food entrepreneurs on Instagram. You can also find us on Facebook. You can find me personally at Justin Bizarro on Instagram, Facebook, and threads. And lastly, you can find this show and any of the other shows we do on Spotify or wherever else you grow yourself through podcasts. So Thank you, everyone, for listening in, and we're out.